Welcome to another session of Doc Bites, podcast to empower you with information from specialists in medical auditing, billing, coding, compliance, and documentation. Now, here's the host of Doc Bites, Sharon Easterly. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome today to our Doc Bites episode. It has been a minute since I've been on Doc Bites, so I really appreciate you guys taking the time and joining me today as we're going to talk about a very important subject with our Dr. Maria Johar. You know, Maria and I have known each other for some time, um, and she is one of the ultimate collaborators. She is always working well together and doing what I wanted to talk about today. And that's stepping into silos. You know, lots of times we hear about people breaking down silos. Well, I don't necessarily uh, find that as friendly because I think we need to step into the silo and be able to work with others. So I'm here today on um, this new platform. Uh, We'll see how it goes today. I'm not sure if Maria's there and she can hear me. So are you there, Maria? And are you able to speak with us? I'm not hearing Maria yet, but I know she is waiting for us um, and will be available to be a part of this podcast. So I'm just going to start a little bit and just talk about um, one way that I have experienced stepping into a silo. Um, So, of course, I'm in the healthcare field, right? So I work with lots of different departments and lots of different areas, and we're sometimes known for our silos. You know, everyone gets busy in their day-to-day, whether it's in a um, patient counting department, whether it's in a registration, but This conversation is for all leaders. So as I worked in these various departments, I often found that um, sometimes the perception was just somewhat skewed. You know, people didn't always understand how they could fit into a certain area and how they could help accomplish things. Um, So one of the very important things that we can always remember when we're talking about stepping in with us into a silo and working with others is that is having an open mind where we are able to come into a situation with our guards not up, you know, um, with an attitude that allows us to work together. So be open-minded and be flexible in conversations. That can be very impactful on how um, things happen within within an area. Um, so always, you know, make sure that you are open to new ideas and new ways of doing things and be open to sharing of that information. 
Um, because if you're not open to that, immediately we're going to have roadblocks put up. And those roadblocks are going to prevent us from ultimately achieving our goal, whatever that may be. One of the other things that I think is really critical is having a problem-solving attitude. We've identified that there's an area that, you know, maybe we're deficient in. Um, maybe, you know, we made an error in the past and there's something that we need to correct going forward. Come into situations where you're ready to solve the problem. You know, because the ultimate goal is when you are successful, I can be successful. So make sure that when we go in, our attitude is positive and we're about trying to solve a problem. I'm gonna check on our Dr. Johar again. Are you there, Maria? I see her here in the queue, but I do not hear Maria. Getting back to the problem-solving attitude. You know, many times um, with an attitude that where we're immediately, um, you know, identified an area of opportunity. And we come into that with a you did this and a you did that. As I said, that immediately shuts people down. You know, go into with go into um, areas with solutions. You know, what could we do better? This is how I can help you. Um, this is how we could possibly do this better. Um, and you know, bring that to the meeting, bring possibilities of how we could solve this issue. Because lots of people can identify a problem, but many times the, the solving the problem, they don't come to the table with, right? They just wanna come with, oh, it's an issue, oh, it's a problem. But if we step into it with a solution and possibilities or be able to communicate where we can collaborate and come up with a solution together. Those things are critical when we're trying to step in the silos and bring relationships together. Because all of this is about teamwork. We are here to work as a team. So we wanna make sure that we're handling these issues with an open mind so we can come together and work together and we are there to solve solutions. You know, um, I've been doing a lot of um, different types of these types of live sessions. And something people are um, talking about right now is bringing value. What value do you bring to the table? What value do you have for this problem? And ways to show value is coming up with solutions ways for us to achieve a better outcome. One other important key of this is our emotional intelligence. You know, how many of you are hearing a lot about emotional intelligence lately? Well, emotional intelligence is crucial. And I find that it has a direct correlation in a sense to having soft skills. Um, having soft skills, 
So if we have those soft skills, then those things also allow us to increase our emotional intelligence. You know, many times I'm, I'm hearing these meetings and they're talking about the ability um, to, to handle your emotions and be able to use those emotions to help you achieve goals. But a lot of those have to do with having acceptable um, soft skills. If you go out on my Instagram page um, out there, I've been doing quite a bit of talking about soft skills. <laughs> Not necessarily talking, but post posting about soft skills. And one very important soft skill that can help you with stepping into the silo is being able to negotiate. Being able to um, think of other people, developing your listening skills, develop um, how you question things. Uh, you know, many of us don't realize that how we ask questions can be very crucial in um, coming up with solutions. Um, helping us bridge gaps, for example. If you don't understand what is being presented to you fully, you are not going to have um, the ability to be able to come up with a satisfactory solution because you don't really understand what the problem is. So part of those soft skills of negotiation includes asking the right questions. Once you ask the right questions, you can get the right answers. Um, another very important part of that is building a rapport with your peers. Now, you're stepping into a silo and you're starting to work with folks that you just don't know that well, um, right? Not, not really know, um, right? So you want to be able to develop some type of rapport with them. You know, last night I was in a session and I was listening to someone talk about their employees. And they said, you know, I just had a personnel survey and I found out that none of my employees like me. They think I am brash. They think I am rude. They think I never listen to them. Now, this is what this person was saying, right, uh, during the phone call, because she was she was having some concerns. Uh, it, it just really upset her that her boss came to her and told her this about all her employees. So uh, something else, she wasn't, you know, she's not friendly. Um, she doesn't hear anything we say. So she was devastated. And immediately I started thinking of you know, soft skills and emotional intelligence. Um, those may be some things liking here. Now, something that she did say that kind of concerned me was that when she talked about this with her manager, her manager did not help her at all. Um, so she told her these things and she was just kind of left out there hanging. Um, there wasn't, you know, any solution that she offered her. So if I had an employee that came to me 
or I had to go through too because I've kind of experienced this before in a sense. Um, if I had to go to and share with them a survey, for example, of, of what employees had to say, or maybe the employees directly complained about me, um, you know, lots of times as the manager, you can see that there needs to be further development right, development in those um, management skills and development in those soft skills. Um, but something that kind of struck me was um, definitely being able to see yourself, right, because I think the, that's also important um, as you trying to maneuver yourself with negotiation and understanding where you are with soft skills. Um, but then also, I thought about um, taking a second. You know, if she would take a second, um, evaluate things, um, she might see things differently. Um, and that might help her have a better relationship. Um, with her employees. You know, maybe she needs to come in in the morning and say good morning. Um, maybe she possibly does sound a little brass. So increasing those soft skills um, could definitely help her um, in, in that particular aspect. But all those things ultimately, let me get back, really can help you step into a silo with the, the power to be a negotiator, um, the power that you can, you know, work with others and be a collaborator um, are just critical. I see Maria here. Oh, and I think she can get on now. Can you hear me, Sharon? I can, Maria, and um, I'm so glad you're here because I'm talking about, of course, stepping into silos, and then I got to the other stuff that I really love, and that's soft skills. And um, I love to talk about soft skills because I think we could all use work in that. So getting back to our stepping into the silo, Maria, um, tell me about you stepping into the silo. I know you've done this for many years, and um, I'll just turn it over to you. What do you have to say about stepping into sure. silos? Sure, Sharon. You have touched on a um, a very um, critical topic about you know what is a silo and what do you encounter every day and how can you go about your job or your life, um, making sure that you're hitting every success point. You're stepping on stones that are driving you and your life in the right way. So you mentioned silos, and prior to this podcast, we were talking about there's no such thing as a silo. Uh, there are no such thing as a box or out of the box thinker. I think you and me have lived our life in which we don't see any walls. We don't see any boxes. Um, we go where the need is and we bring friends and collaborators that are going to help us accomplish and reach our goal, giving each uh, person, each team member, they're due and we are all coming from the right place and we are looking to do the right thing and we are understanding our team. It's not always going to happen on our time, 
but we are sharing what our vision is. We are explaining what our mission is. And if each person is doing their best, it is going to move us closer to our goal. Back to you, Sharon. Absolutely, Maria. You know, you're you're hitting it. You know, we were talking about that earlier about how, you know, just working with others, it, it just comes naturally. You have to be able to collaborate. You know, if if that's the way we come up with solutions, working together and not distinguishing it as, you know, this person there and that person here. We're all on the same team, right? So we're all here to to achieve a very common goal. Um, I know a while back, gosh, Marie, I guess it's been, well, not really that long because we've had some, some other discussions, um, but with a particular issue we'll talk about in healthcare and we'll talk about inpatient-only procedures, right, where it takes so many members of a link to be able to achieve, you know, getting that bill processed correctly, right? So making sure that we have touched and we all have a, a continuous cycle in a relationship with those people is going to be important for ultimately that point to be achieved. Um, and we've worked with those types of issues many times, whether it's in, you know, healthcare or it could be, you know, just in day to day life. Maybe you're in another organization where you're trying to achieve something and you can't do that divided. You have to do that together. Absolutely, Sharon. I, I think you hit on a great point that sometimes our team members are internal from our same organization. Sometimes our team members are our family. Sometimes it's our external uh, uh, facilities and other organizations that we are working with. Bottom line is we have to have a shared vision. Think about um, the football team. There is the defense, there's the offense, there are the coaches, there's the kicker. Each one individually can excel, but if they don't work together, they don't work together as a team, it isn't really going to make it a winning team. You're not going to win the Super Bowl if you're looking for personal gain. You're going to have to work as a team. So um, think about the Olympics, right? We went to play the basketball and we've never kind of sort of lost. That's our game. But when you have the dream team and they're not working together, you're not really going to win. The team that wins is the one that team, the team members play together for a collective win, not an individual game. And so there is no I in team. They keep saying that. But a lot of times we are looking for in organizations, in our evaluations, we break it down to me. How can I get ahead? We are evaluated on us, not on as a team. And that causes a little bit of a conflict. Should I be looking out for the team or should I be looking out for myself? But I think if we look for the collective goal, we can all be successful versus just a periodic, episodic personal win. Um, we, and I think on one of our um, uh, other uh, webinars that we chat a lot about, is that um, Ernie always says, 
is this a finite game like a football you know you win or lose or is it this infinite game like marriage or life or the long term uh, healthcare system we are looking for the long haul the longer vision not that short term uh, individual piece back to you sharon absolutely maria i i agree um you know it as we talk about this immediately uh, it's starting to take me back to the emotional intelligence piece uh, maria that we talked about um, because i think it's very important that we have that self-awareness and we have that self-regulation when it comes to how we handle issues now when i say self-awareness um, earlier, I talked about bringing value, right? So there's something ultimately all of us have that is going to be very critical to bring to the situation. We all have our various expertise. Um, we, we have our various ways of thinking. We have our different levels of creativity. So knowing those things and bringing them to the discussion is crucial. And, and that's one way that it can help you be able to collaborate with others. The other piece I talked about, and this I think Maria is very critical because I don't think sometimes we want to do this, right? Self-regulation, <laughs> you know, understanding ourselves and understanding that sometimes we need to bring it back. You know, sometimes we yeah. need to listen more. Sometimes yep. we need to talk more. Sometimes we need to question. Um, but that self-regulation, I think it is critical because it can either make a meeting or it can destroy it. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Uh, it's so funny that you bring that up, you know, um, about self-regulation. Um, each one of us should be looking to learn something new every day because life is uh, learning and growing every day. So one of the things that I've recently been trying to practice, you know, when we are so used to um, running meetings and getting in and out on time and cutting through the chase, you know, we want to move ahead really quick. And a lot of times what we, when we start a meeting, you know, we start get on this rant to say, I just want to get everything off my chest. And we are talking for a very long time. So one of the pieces that I've learned is there is a short window in which you can hold the audience's um, attention. If you talk longer, you're going to lose them. If you repeat yourself many times, you're going to lose them. So right. give, have some ground rules. Make sure that you are listening twice as much as you are talking. And a lot of times we think we listen, but when we are listening, we are actually formulating a response as people are talking. It, it really makes a difference if you were to marinate in what those folks were saying think about what you're going to say and then respond. You should have, you know, that kind of process. Listen, think, and then respond. What we typically do is, and I've seen that um, in now that we are in Zoom and other, you know, 
uh, venues, we don't want to lose our chance. And we've got this great idea that we have to tell and share with the audience right away that we interrupt the, um, the speaker or don't wait for our turn. <laughs> so um, that is important. I think it's really important to listen, listen well. Back to you, Sharon. Absolutely, Maria. You know me, myself as a leader, um, that's something that I had to continue to tweak throughout my career um, because I am a uh, thinker that's analytical. Um, so I already know what, you know, my personality type is. Um, I, I, I solve problems. Um, that's what I do when I get an issue, I'm processing it. Um, and sometimes I, I automatically take that moment and digest it. Um, but depending on what it is, sometimes my mind is there and I am bursting. So that is crucial that we are aware of that and we have that control. And I, that takes you back to that self-regulation piece. You know, being able to regulate yourself to where you know how to sit back, as you said, think it through, and then come up with a response. Because lots of times, Maria, um, I've seen where, you know, people just say things and then the next sentence is going to be addressed or someone has to say to them, look, we're going we're gonna to get to that in a minute. Uh, so sometimes, you know, just taking that second and absorbing the situation makes the difference. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Sharon. I was going to tell you that you hit on a very, very key point that it's self-regulation, and it's not just what you say; it's how you sit, it's how, what you project on your facial, um, the way you project yourself is going to tell you. It's going to tell your audience whether you are um, heading in the right direction or not. There's a lot of um, information that your audience can get just from looking at you, whether you like what you're hearing or not. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So I think we're going to round this out, Maria, and talk about another part of that is motivation, right? Um, I think sometimes as we work with others and, you know, we're working towards a goal, maybe we're not reaching it fast enough, you know, or maybe um, what the plan we thought, just like today, Maria, we had a great plan, right? <laughs> and the plan, we had, it didn't work out necessarily for me um, on this new platform. I can't tell you, Maria, I love doing this more with the co-host than with myself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but motivating. So motivating the others that are with you, giving others accolades. Um, you kind of mentioned that a little bit. And I think that's crucial as we work towards, you know, working with others, making sure that we're giving everyone their pats on the back um, as we go through the process. What what are your thoughts there? Absolutely, Sharon. You you know we've been on many projects together. Um, I think one of the biggest things that can make um, a team successful is by giving credit to each one of your team members. Uh, they need to know it is okay to fail. 
they know it is okay to share um, good ideas because everyone brings value to the team. We should be looking for the smaller wins uh, to achieve the bigger wins. Um, if we can give uh, credit um, for even if it's an idea that didn't work, for every idea that didn't work, we now know what not to do. So we are learning regardless. Um, in my office, I actually have something that says, you know, think, idea, try, try again until you hit success. So we absolutely need all our team members, some that point us in the right direction and some that help us understand why this was not the right way to go. So um, out of the box thinkers, uh, people that are creative, innovative, uh, people that are respectful, I think those are the folks that you want to give um, credit to and and elevate them so that they can take you to the next level. Back to you, Sharon. Exactly, that's it. Elevate them so they can take you and you can take them to the next level. So that's really an important part of, you know, stepping into these imaginary silos, right? Um, to achieve great things because as we work together we can do so so many things i've seen it done from you know um healthcare nonprofits just in family life as maria said you know lots of these things we can apply them to so many things we do so we talked about being open-minded and that's coming together and being willing to work together we talked about having that problem-solving attitude um, when you're successful, I'm successful. And then also increasing your emotional intelligence. And two key parts there are self-awareness and self-regulation. And if we work towards those things, I think we can achieve anything. Any final thoughts, Maria, before we close out the show today? No, thank you so much, Sharon, for uh, inviting me to chat with you and hopefully share some insights into how a shared vision can be accomplished uh, with everyone feeling uh, the same excitement, the same passion that you may have uh, for any project at all. Well, thank you, Maria, for being here today. And thank you, everyone, for joining DogBite. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you again soon. You've been listening to Doc Bites.